0: This is the official Capture Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here in studio with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on, Polly?
1: Oh nothing much. Happy Easter to those folks that celebrate. Um been a beautiful day
0: it has it has uh zombie jesus day has been well chef's kiss spent all day outside it was great yeah so yeah yeah, it's a good day (laughs) been watching any of the final four action march madness
1: uh i've been keeping up with it i haven't watched much basketball like the games themselves but uh you know i've been following it i am solidified To be last in my pool of seven. (laughs) Um, Shout out to PJ, Frankie, and Jody, who all three in my pool correctly picked the national championship.
0: Right. No underdogs there, right? Yeah.
1: Two number ones. So, you know. It's
0: Gonzaga and... Baylor. Baylor. Cool. Well... Caps fans, 68 teams started the tournament, only the best have survived. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $1 on any tournament game and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning 100 or turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes is a $1 bet and that team winning their next game. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers daily odds boosts on pro basketball, hockey, golf, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of your choice pulls off the win, that's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Do it. Use code THPN. Again, that's DraftKings Sportsbook. Code THPN. Do it. Thank us later.
1: Thank us later.
0: Buy us a beer.
1: Did you ever um, get through those offers without screwing up the one in one hundred thing?
0: No, I don't think I have a <laughs> single time. Um, it's been, uh, it's been, uh, it's been trash. I've been really bad at it. Uh, there's your shout out, AJ. Don't use my legal name ever again. <laughs> All right, let's get it popping. Yep. One, two, three. All right, Caps fans. It's been a week, to say the least. I think.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's one way to say it.
0: And in this episode, obviously, we're going to talk the Caps. Went two and two this week. We're going to talk uh, some league news. You know, trade deadline is fast approaching, April twelfth at three p.m. So you know. That's eight days to get some shit done, make some moves, if anybody's going to be making moves. Uh, but the first most important thing we need to talk about is Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, Polly and I had this, uh, this kind of like argument that uh, who was better. And obviously Godzilla is, that's why they call him King of the Monsters, right, Polly?
1: Well, uh, King Kong <laughs> is also a name. But- so,
0: but that doesn't, it's not, what's he king of?
1: Dude, Kong lived day in and day out fighting monsters from the center of the earth. Kong does it like
0: what? Every now and then when they wake up? Godzilla fought an alien monster that when he flew around, it lit shit on fire and he had three heads. Yeah. he's All the monsters bowed to him in the last movie. He's the fucking king of monsters. And he proved it in this movie.
1: Until, spoiler alert, Kong had to save his ass. Listen. From a man-made invention.
0: Okay, okay. Let's, first of all, it was a weird man-made invention that had, like, some weird energy. I'm not really, I'm not really, like, up to snuff on the science behind it, yeah. but there was some weird energy going on, and Mecha Godzilla made an appearance. So, first of all, if I loved the Godzilla movies when I was a kid, they were, like, my favorite. I loved dinosaurs, I loved, like... Godzilla, um, having him breathe electric lasers and just be so dominant with a tail whip.
1: Was it always that or was there like a point where he was breathing fire and it wasn't like radioactivity?
0: So due to the technological uh, boundaries of the time, because remember, original, original Godzilla was a man in a rubber suit like crushing models, right? Um, you know, yes, it was fire at one point, but when, you know, in the eighties, like when things got a little bit more advanced, it became blue and like his, his uh, spikes would light up and shit. I do
1: love the sound that it makes when he's getting ready to unleash.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, something that was... Is kind of lost, I think, on today's movie making is everything CGI. But I think that, especially in like Godzilla King of the Monsters, the like, there's a lot of scenes on there you don't see anymore with buildings being destroyed, and those look like actual models. So it looked like, to me, you know, amateur filmographer, if you would say, uh, that they actually made some models and, like, blew them up. And, you know, same with Star Wars and why the new Star Wars films are so much better than the the one through 3 is because they started using models again. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was part of, like, the genius and and the realistic effect because that's literally something being blown up just in a small scale. Yeah. And now they're just like, you know, Michael Bay, pew, 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 like, you know, explosion. then just it just doesn't even – I mean – There's no way that's even realistic, right? I mean, nuclear explosion happens, and like ten feet away, somebody survives. I don't think that's that's real at all. But, yeah, you know. That aside, you're wrong, Polly. King Kong got his ass whooped every time, almost every time. Okay, so and he had to use an axe, which I don't hate. That was kind of cool to like go to like the Hollow Earth and do. I mean, awesome. I I think that. I'll say this. I think that the direction that they went with the first Godzilla movie, I hated. But then as they were... And then I, I hated even more that they were going to expand this monster universe. Mm-hmm. But I think they've done an incredible job, both with casting and just the execution of the film.
1: I agree. Um, they both live, though. So if they continue this monster-verse, is it like they fight again, they team up, they don't cross paths?
0: Well, there's still monsters out there.
1: Right. So... I don't know. I mean...
0: And, I, you know, so in a a recurring theme for all of the Godzilla movies is that uh, Godzilla is kind of a metaphor, in my eyes, to human destruction. Yeah. You know, these movies were started, you know, after Japan was in its rebuilding phase, after being nuked, right? So that kind of metaphor of Godzilla's like the the destruction that humans can bring upon the earth is kind of like something to be thought about so I feel like Godzilla and King Kong and the and as the monster universe kind of expands will have to fight humans ultimately evil humans in my eyes but I love to see some monster throwdowns so I'm sure that other monsters will be Kind of, you know, basically, here's, here's the, here's, in the original Godzilla movies, the whole thing was one monster gets pissed off for some reason, like, you know, humans have awoken it, or maybe it's just mad because Godzilla's out there. <laughs> so it comes and tries to fight Godzilla, and then Godzilla lays a smack down, and then tw- 20 cities get destroyed in the process. Right. So, and then obviously humans try to control him. Never happens really well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, no matter our differing opinions we can agree it's an awesome movie
0: 10 out of 10 would recommend it yeah and the second part of pop culture here which we're going to shift right quickly into hockey is mm. the mighty ducks show blows i fucking hate it i hate it do you like it
1: um it's okay i'm i'm going to keep watching and i i don't hate it while i'm watching
0: okay Fair. Fair. Um, <clears throat> and I get it's probably like a kids movie or a show. Yeah. Aimed towards kids a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the main character was in that... what He was in that, like, kid show with Seth Rogen yeah. movie where they're, like, cussing and, like, being shitheads. So it's kind of a weird transition. I mean, not to pigeonhole that actor or anything, but... Uh, I he, l- Here's my list of unrealistic and you know this is the mighty ducks so everything is completely unrealistic the mighty ducks original movies are almost unwatchable but how the fuck are they just going to get a rink like just some random rink uh is dude's mom one of those like house hunter people with those weird obscure jobs with a rich as fuck like i'm a cockroach farmer but our but our budget to get a house is uh 5.3 million dollars she works
1: For a law firm, so she has access to all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, but she's not even a lawyer.
1: Yeah, she's a paralegal or a clerk. I mean, she has legal training.
0: Yeah, but I mean, to just rent rinks like with the willy nilly, like I'm going to find you rink and I mean, they did. She found an
1: unclaimed fund.
0: Okay, all right, fine. We're going to explain that away through a plot hole. Um, Is this rink even regulation size? Polly, does this rink look regulation size to you? Yeah, I think it's just a rink in a barn. Okay, all right, fine, fine. Looks tiny to me. Looks tiny to me. It's sus to say the least. Uh, and starting a team out of nowhere—like, where's the background checks going on for these adult volunteers? True.
1: <laughs> that's that's a good point.
0: Yeah, I dude. Just to go to goalie clinic where I can rip shots at young children's heads, I have to go through, like, a background check every, like, two years.
1: This is who coaches our children.
0: (laughs) I don't—look, hey, I mean, you you are as good at hockey as I am, and, you know, people call you. I guess so. (laughs) Okay, finally— Bombay sucks, okay? Uh, what a washout. Where's the plot here? I, and I know that it's going to be explained, I know. But it's just like, how are you going to just... I went out and burned all my hockey stuff. Oh, I'm so brooding and, and dark. I hate hockey. I'm just that cool guy that just hates hockey and all I do is public skates. Uh, also, second, uh, piggybacking on the on the whole where's the background checks for the adults... You're just going to have kids out there with no face shields? That is not USA Hockey approved. True.
1: That is very ridiculous.
0: And incredibly dangerous.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. even in the... Ori- well, they may have done that in the original Mighty Ducks, but the next two, they all had bubbles and cages on.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And I just think it's a lawsuit waiting to happen at a rink, right? Yeah. This is a sanctioned team. I mean, this, they're in this, like, league, so... I mean apparently the only thing that to to be in this league is I want to be in this league and you're in this right. league. I I I've never heard of a league that does that but okay whatever. Um I will say that there is a pro here. The mom of the try hard kid is right. Your kid sucks at hockey he's never going to play pro. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and finally the podcasting kid is cool for obvious reasons.
1: Yeah. Um I found it just ridiculous when Bombay was skating, because you saw him, like, Bambi out onto the ice, <laughs> and then when it's a side profile, you're like, yep, that's a double.
0: Oh, yeah. You could clearly tell when it wasn't him skating. Yeah. Disappointment. Bombay's al- Bombay was never a good coach. Never.
1: Yeah. Take the fall. Act hurt. Get indignant.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like, let's sandbag here. Everybody, I mean, he taught his kids a sandbag. <clears throat> then he told them to take cheap shots. Then he told them to dive. I mean, no wonder Sidney Crosby is a product of today's <laughs> society.
1: Bombay <laughs> started off coaching like moneyball style. You right. Know, play the system. <laughs> um, I don't know. I It's got some promise. It's obviously, you know, it's a recycled plot line, it's kids who suck against the studs, this time instead of a lawyer, it's a paralegal. Right, right.
0: Oh, and Bombay would bring in ringers. That's not very ethical.
1: Yeah. Well, they were in the district,
0: you know? Yeah, on a technicality. Okay, dude, whatever, whatever. League news. League, okay. Okay. Caps fans, sorry to bore you on our on our pop culture references, but league news, uh, Canucks have had, have had four games postponed due to COVID protocol. They return to play April 8th. Uh, I've seen a lot of press out there saying that the whole thing's kind of overblown. Um, but, you know, in an abundance of caution, I think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah. yeah. Better safe
0: than sorry. And we hope that everybody is uh, going to be safe and, and healthy coming out of it, because I've heard that some players are quite sick, needing IV treatments at home, and, you know, that means they're dehydrated, and being dehydrated is never good, so.
1: Yeah, it's one of the most basic things that can cause big problems. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. So, best of luck to the Vancouver Canucks. There have been some signings, Paulie.
1: Yeah, some college kids.
0: Okay, tell us about it.
1: Um, so, the Avalanche signed Alex Newhook. Uh, three-year entry deal. He's going to go to their AHL Colorado Eagles. Dallas got Jordan Kawaguchi. He's on a one-year entry level, and he is also going to go to the AHL. The Minnesota uh, signed Matt Boldly, three-year entry level, and he's also going to go to the AHL, Iowa Wild. And the Florida Panthers signed Spencer Knight to a three-year entry level. I think uh, they didn't say he was going go to go the AHL. Um, I also believe he's a Hobie Baker award
0: finalist. So, let me just jump in here on Spencer Knight. The Florida Panthers now have a glut in the goaltending position as far as cap goes with this. Uh, Dreiger, who's been playing pretty well for them, though he, he's had a good team in front of him, a Quinville coach team especially, Uh they now have a uh, a bit of a glut in the sense of they're paying over 10 million or about 10 million a year for goaltending because of Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky's back. It is within the realm of reality that dr- they trade Dryger and bring in in Spencer Knight who has been, you know, the darling of USA hockey. Yeah. So uh and Spencer Knight would be on, you know, they'd save maybe like a couple hundred thousand, but every penny counts when you're trying to fit people in under the cap, especially in this COVID season. So interesting here, uh, you could see Drager be dealt. And why does that matter to Caps fans? He could be somebody that the Caps look af- look to go after, though. He's only, you know, he's got a very short career. I think it's he's only started like 20 games, 26 games, something like that. So, he's not exactly the veteran that the Caps are looking for in in Lundquist. But, you know, something to consider. Whether they make the move or not is speculation.
1: Yeah. Um, And then Ottawa also signed a Hobie Baker finalist in Shane Pinto. And they also signed Jacob Bernard Docker, each to three-year entry levels. So, they will have a brief... um, quarantine and then they will join the team
0: that's cool awesome uh ottawa senators throwing the money around uh shout out scott feeney who just said hey good luck on your podcast thanks a lot bud um yeah i mean the senators at this point are probably throwing shit at the wall just to see what sticks
1: yeah and it's not surprising that the hobie baker finalists are getting their (laughs) shot
0: sure Absolutely. The NCAA has become such a developmental league for the NHL. I think that they've come leaps and bounds. Uh so
1: I, I think they're putting out uh just as much um just as good of a product as any junior league in in uh Canada.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And these kids are men-ish. Yeah. <laughs> they're older. Right. Right. Because you can be, you know, any age and play in the NCAA.
1: Yeah, I mean some guys will play four years in the USHO and then four years of college. Might yep. even get red shirted. Right.
0: Be like a twenty four year old rookie, twenty five year old rookie. Exactly, exactly. Um and also just uh to to extend the uh the plug here, Scott Feeney with the shout out, uh, you know, we're always giving love to uh other people's podcasts, so Uh they're about to record episode twenty four of the blue collar hockey talk on YouTube. So thanks for the follow, man. Thanks for uh thanks for letting us know. Suspensions. This is juicy. McJesus find five K for an (laughs) for an elbow. Did he even get penalized on this? I don't know. Um but I think
1: it was Blatant, it egregious. Was, it was egregious. <laughs> yeah. It was. It seemed very much like a, uh, a pouty
0: boy play. Oh yeah, he was frustrated and took advantage. Yeah. Which hey, you know everybody flies off the handle every once in a while. I don't, you know, beer league game last night, Polly. I flew off the handle there last minute and yeah, had to manhandle a, a child. So yeah, you know that that happens. Um, <clears throat> Speaking of pouty pants. Yeah. McKinnon. Yeah, right. He
1: uh, threw – this was such a a funny move. He threw a helmet at a guy as he was coming in to tangle up with him. Um, Honestly, I think McKinnon's is worth a fine. McDavid should have been suspended a game.
0: Oh, yeah. I I agree. Um, But here's the thing. When you start letting someone use a helmet as a weapon – you know, you don't want... We don't want the league to turn into, like, pussy football players who are ripping off their helmets and trying to swing them at people. Yeah. Or the WWE with right. props. <laughs> yeah. But, dude, this... The funniest gif ever. Like, I mean, he just, like, like flung... It wasn't even a full arm. It was just his wrist. Like, the underhand wrist fling and the helmet goes flying and Garland, like, fl- puts his hands in the air. Well, I
1: mean, I mean... No
0: one's ready for that move no not at all not at all yeah uh, <laughs> but i I laughed the I I watched diversion. that gif- yeah no I, I love that it was a gift too because I watched yeah. it for a solid five minutes and just laughed every time got funnier and funnier every time um and one thing I will say about the Connor Mcdavid elbow is that yeah I agree I think that he should have been suspended I mean that's a high hit that's the stu- type of stuff that. The league is supposedly trying to get out of the uh, league, you know. It, with as far as, especially with the headshot, because I, I think that was a clear. While it may not have landed like a knockout jaw shot, contact was made to the head, and not only. I mean, that was a clear intention to go high there. Yeah. Uh, if that was Tom Wilson, they would have executed him already.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's textbook what they want to get rid of.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, Because, I mean, you look at all of the deaths that Scott Stevens has handed out, all the murders that he's committed on the ice, which back in the day we thought was clean hockey. And at the time it was. Yeah. A lot of them were just chicken wings and shoulders into people's head, unsuspecting. And uh, from somebody who's probably taken more than his fair share of those type of hits uh, (laughs) – that sucks getting hit in the head like that. So yeah, it does, you know, and as when we were growing up, man, I mean, that was a legal hit for me, especially, I mean, you, you, you know, I graduated in 05. So that was when like the, the league was coming back and you played primarily after that or during that time. Right. Yeah. So for me, you know, think of me as like a bantam when hitting was, was a I mean, that hit would happen to kids all the time. I mean, the bigger kids against the littler kids, yeah. Every every game. I think
1: times. one of the most dangerous combinations of a hit you can have is a senior on a freshman. Yeah. And that's why I think it's ridiculous that USA Hockey has moved back the hitting age. And I've said this before. Sure. Because now you've got 18-year-olds hitting a 14-year-old who's never been hit.
0: Oh, Yeah. Dude, I mean, my first high school practice, I would – sometimes I would be on the ice like shaking because I was like, I'm up next and I'll tell you what. It made me – it made me, I guess, conquer my fears very quickly, like within 30 seconds because I was on my back. I remember I got these brand new Eagle gloves, which I wear today. They were pro-glow. I don't know if you OG hockey fans out there are players. There's uh, Eagle was an incredible brand that they actually used to tape over because they weren't – uh, all the NHL players used to have them. They used to tape over the Eagle uh, name brand uh, with black electrical tape back in the day because Eagle wasn't like a big brand that, that uh, was a sponsor or getting money for advertisement, I think, because their they're – Eagle is across the cuff pretty yeah. big. No freak but, clout. Right, exactly. And I I, I remember – I. Came to practice one day With the first time I ever had these gloves And I was so proud of them And uh, I put them on <clears throat> Go out First drill It's And it's basically the modified McDonald's drill I take the pass up high And I'm a plug So you know I'm like a freshman
1: right? Just like
0: uh, uh, A senior defenseman Just boom Like right into my chest Arms go off These gloves were big on me both gloves off. Nice. <laughs> Yard sailed. Sticking gloves. And I was like, well, that's what I get for bragging about gloves. <laughs>
1: yeah, right? <laughs> How those new gloves treating you.
0: Yeah, they're, they're treating me great. <laughs> um, finally, Caps fans. X cap Chandler Stevenson suspended three games for elbowing L.A.'s Tobias. Uh, Jornfot? Jornfot? Probably I- Bjorn Fott. Bjorn fought. Bjorn fought. Yeah. Uh, sorry for to all our uh, Scandinavian, Scandinavian listeners. Jinx. Yeah. yeah, there we go. You owe me a Coke. Um, injuries. Oh, Aaron Ekblad. Or Ekblad. Out 12 weeks following surgery, Monday, uh, 329. We talked about this last podcast because it had just happened that Sunday.
1: Yeah.
0: On, Mon- on Monday's podcast, last Monday's podcast. Holy smokes. This was a, a just an awkward and clean hit. Pretty, uh, you know,
1: run standard of the mill. Play.
0: Yeah. Standard play in the corner. And he kind of gets airborne and comes down weird on his left leg, and that thing goes about three different ways. Yeah, And he falls down, and it is an instant like, blood cur... You could just tell, like, blood curdling, pain, scream. I mean, you know, hockey players are pretty tough, but obviously this dude had, uh, and we thought both tears and fractures, but it ends up being what they're calling a fracture in his left leg. Um, His whole leg. Yeah. I would say... (laughs) Right. It's, I mean, his, the whole leg's just broken. Right. <laughs> yeah. He broke it all. Right. Not to laugh at his pain, but man, he, uh, I mean, they had to stretch him off the ice. Uh, he was uh, very hurt. And we hope that, you know, he comes back. It's crazy. 12 weeks, though. That's like three months to heal a broken leg. What kind of stuff are they pumping into these guys to, to come back, you know, to possibly come back, you know, uh, in 12 weeks? Because you got to think like two Still of those else. weeks he's on the ice, right?
1: Yeah, stem cells.
0: Yeah, if if anything, right? If not yeah. more. Uh, Nathan Bollio will be out for the season after having shoulder surgery. He hasn't played since March 9 because of a hand injury. He's been dealing with a sh- shoulder injury, so he's he just basically packing it in. Uh, needs yeah. to get some repairs done for sure. So that's that's our league news, folks. Yeah. Uh, Get right into the Washington Wraparound, just talk some caps.
1: Yeah. You know, it was funny. You uh, you were like, sorry to bore you with our pop culture talk. Yeah. Um, when we first started talking pop culture, we had like double-digit viewers. <laughs> by the time you said that, we were at zero. Yeah. Well,
0: hey, can't can't win them all there, Polly. Um, I'm surprised anybody tunes into us live, to be completely honest. <clears throat> We're just doing this to to promote shameless, shameless self-promotion. So, uh, I don't know. Good friend Nick Terraney told me to uh, start streaming, so we have. Yeah, thanks, Sh- Nick. Shout out, Nick. Um, <clears throat> all right, Caps fans. Week did not start good. No. We had uh, a game on the 30th against the Rangers, and... In New York, Madison Square Garden, they had fans in asses and seats, very socially distanced. There, very cool. Good to see the world somewhat returning to normal post COVID right. times or during COVID times. Uh, you know, I I think you did the you did the uh, the yeah. outline for this, I'll let you take the take the reins here, Polly.
1: All right, yeah, I'm just pulling it up on my phone
0: because
1: mm. can't probably should have worn my glasses.
0: Well, I'll start you off. the The caps came out uh looking ready to play. But uh there are two early goals. A uh, power play goal by Oshi, a hard working jam sesh in front, put home by Dowd. Uh thirteen thirty four on the clock. So that's a nice start, right?
1: Yeah. And so at that point, um the Caps were leading five nothing in scoring chances. Um, Dowd was feeling it. I mean the Caps as a whole were feeling it, but you know, Dowd was um, you know, he, a few minutes later after that goal, he had a sick fake shot and toe drag, ended up being a nice save, but just the play itself was noteworthy. Yeah. Um, V he had a big save right around that time, midway in the period on a very good look by New York. And it ended up causing a little scrum after. Yeah. And then, uh, Scheidel makes it two to one. Uh, For the Rangers, going to the break, up by one, shorthanded.
0: There's a shorthanded goal?
1: No. um, The Caps had a penalty going into the break.
0: Into the second, yeah?
1: Yeah. Um, And then there was uh, no score in the second. couple chances for each team. couple nice saves. That period was definitely dominated by the goalies. Um, The Caps had four chances on the power play. But I think think it was Georgiev, mm-hmm. um, but he stood tall, heading into the third, <clears throat> two to
0: 2-1. Yeah, I mean, who knows who's in that? Kincaid, Georgiev, Shisterkin, uh for the Rangers, but fair to say their goaltending future, you know, moving on from Hank, looks bright. Yeah, very. They're going to be a force. For sure.
1: Um, and then the, uh, you know, coming into the third, Caps had a few chances, and they just couldn't capitalize. Uh, Then Kako ends up tying it up a few minutes into the period. Not long after, or that was on a bad pass by Oshi, Lazy play by Ovi. Um, The Rags kept it in the zone, and then Fox puts Newark up by one. Um, And then not long after, Backstrom hits the post. A few seconds later... Rangers find Panarin wide open behind everybody. One of the last people yeah. I'd want to see on a breakaway. Right, and it's just automatic. Yeah. Really. Um, Oshie gets cross-checked. Caps have a power play late, but Rangers end up getting a net, net uh, an empty netter anyway. Um, Oshie was favoring his left arm, skating off the ice on that cross check. Um, he didn't miss any hockey, so obviously it wasn't anything terrible.
0: Just a stinger. Uh,
1: yeah, probably. Um, and then Wilson, he got sent off the game for his participation in a scrum late. Uh, he got a 2-10 for unsportsmanlike. No disciplinary. Um, it was just a run-of-the-mill situation. But, uh, sure. you know, the Caps had their chances in this game. They just... You know, ran into a goaltender who would not be beat, and the Rangers scored when they had to.
0: Yeah, so I feel like, because I think I caught half this game, like in the beginning and then the end, uh, it felt like the the Caps were doing everything right, and just things were not falling into place for them. Uh, You know, they were applying pressure late in the game, which sprung Panarin for that breakaway. Yeah. I can't really fault him there. I mean, it was a good pass and it was just an unfortunate uh, mishandle there in the slot. And it was just a slot straight out. Just get rid of it. Uh, everybody was kind of just caught out of position there. And, you know, you can't say enough about this Adam Fox kid. I mean, from the back end, really just contributing, uh, offensively. Like I said, the Rangers have done crazy things with their, uh, With their uh, rebuild. And honestly, they're my new hope for knocking the Penguins out of the playoffs.
1: Well, they're really going to have to keep it up. Because Penguins are in a good spot.
0: And I do not want to see them in the first round. That's for sure. I'm going to be honest. The Rangers do scare me a bit uh, in in a first round situation. Uh, I don't know how we would fare in seven games against them. You know, obviously... We've beat them this season, so it's not impossible, and, and the boys know that. But with the quick strike uh, capabilities that they have, they can definitely steal some games for a series. Oh yeah, so rough. And the uh, the picture does not get better here, does it, Pauly? Uh, for for the next day, right? So
1: you're right. Uh, still in New York, yeah. and just as bleak. Um, Thirty seconds in. Where, uh, play behind the net, Oshi, collided with Samsonov, and Samsonov left the
0: game. And correction here, it is actually April Fool's, so it's two days after. Get a day of rest in New York, right? Oh, and then, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I didn't see this play, and I was texting you, like, hey, can you do the outline? And I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, what happened yeah. with Sammy? Um, well, because when you texted me, you were like,
1: Two goaltender changes, what's happening? And I was like, Yeah, right. Oshi <laughs> yeah. knocked down Samsonov. Yeah. Um, and people were asking why he was put back into the game, and it's because La Violette, you know, said it was it was his game, right and he was ready to go back,
0: so he did. I I think I would do the same. Yeah. I mean Yeah. Well, I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> um and so Carlson
1: opens up the scoring one minute into the game, so Oshi knocks out Sammy. <laughs> and then Carlson scores. Um, but then the Isles responded with three goals. And, you know, the first one was a blown coverage. Eberly was wide open back door. Then mm. Barzell. In, I mean, yes, the guy is talented. Right. But embarrass, embarrassingly, because coast to coast, he beat four Capitals. Absolute terrible team defense. Right. And then sloppy puck handling leads to uh, Nelson's easy goal on the doorstep. Uh, Spronger stays hot, gets us back on the board with a snipe after Eller wins a draw. Classic OV play, really, there. Yeah. Um, but then Barzell gets a second of the game with just... It was a nice play. spinorama. I really think uh, Tendy should have had it. 4-2 to two, heading into the first break. Uh, then here we go again. Three minutes into the second, Tzizekas gets a lucky bounce when the Isles were putting on hard pressure on the puck low. Then the Caps catch a break at thirteen thirteen. 13 Ovi shot bounces off of Arlamov, hits Oshbabe on the skate. 5-3, to three, still a game. But here we go. Mm-hmm. Not two minutes later, Eberle makes it 6-3. Heading into the break, Carlson has a very nice three man passing play, or he scores on a very nice three man passing play. Uh, You know, so uh, six, or yeah, six to four. Right. Uh, And again, three minutes into the third, sloppy handling of a rebound out front. Isles get it in, seven to four. Caps ended up making a, they made a few pushes, they had some chances, but the Isles dominated this game. With one minute left, Barzell gets his hat-trick, fighting for it in front, 8-4. to four. The game ends with Chara in a little tilly with Martin. Um, it wasn't the most exciting fight, they both were playing defense on it, for sure. Right. Um... You know but, what I had to say about this game was that the Caps they just kept getting beat, they kept getting outplayed, and they kept getting outskated. I I really think it was just a complete domination, and
0: the score rightfully showed. Right, I mean going to the the Barzell one on four play that was just a, I think they caught he caught the, I mean he's. Blazing down the neutral zone right in through. He beats a guy, and then it's three guys who just failed to collapse. They all just thought, uh, somebody's going to pick him up, and yeah. nobody did. <laughs> uh, and you can't do that to a kid that talented, and obviously right. he was feeling it. Luckily for us, the Islanders don't get that out of him every every night, that type of right. insane performance. Uh, he is their best player. He does contribute at, night in, night out, but that was – uh that was quite the inspired performance. He also had a couple assists that game. I mean, the dude was all over. You yeah, know, there was. I mean, he was possessed, and the rest of the guys were feeling it. You know, Everly, those guys. It's a burn the tape game.
1: I was gonna say Barcel's gonna want to save that tape.
0: Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for us, we're burning it though. Uh,
1: At his uh, uh, rehearsal dinner. Instead of like a slideshow of him and his fiance, they're gonna show that. I don't know if he's married or not, but
0: no, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, th- I did love to see Chara just go up to Matt Martin and Matt Martin say, "Okay, let's go." Yeah, I think that that's a. I, and you know, say what you will about fighting in the NHL, but I love to see two veterans just say, "Look, it's been a, it's been a fucking. You're kicking our ass, but." I wanna fight you and it's at this point anything that we've got. And then for Martin to oblige. Yeah. I think that's a cla- I mean, I think that's kind of like the um chivalry, if you will, of hockey. Is that okay, you're kicking our ass, but we're not you know we're not pushovers, and here's the only way we can show it right now. Let's have a Tilly and uh let's do it. You know, I mean Mar I think Chara wins here because it's you know, he's a Kodiak bear. But Yeah you know, uh, I I liked it. I love to see it. I love to see it from the veteran standing up. I'm sure nobody shoulder tapped him and said, "Hey, Chara, go out and fight this guy or fight right. someone." Nobody said that, but he took it upon himself at 43 years of age to say, "Hey, let's uh, let's 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 do this now, just to get it over with."
1: Yeah, um, and I think Chara probably feels like, well, obviously he still has that captain mentality, but also with Wilson being scrutinized and cracked down on he probably feels like Wilson doesn't have the liberty to do things like that right. at this point like yeah. everything Wilson does is going to be it's all under a microscope sure. so chara's probably like you know i'm not i'm not going to get a letter on my jersey but i can still be a leader and you know, I can pick up the slack where the normal tough guy can't.
0: Right, right. Love to see it. Uh But, Caps fans, it does get better as we end the week with two against New Jersey. And, you know, on the second, which is the, that's our back-to-back, we went from Brooklyn to uh, Newark. And in an interesting move, Verona is out and Panic is in. Nassau. Oh, I'm sorry, Nassau, yeah because i guess they're splitting time or are they even in did the islanders even have a home arena anymore what's going on there
1: well wasn't nassau it's been like condemned for years but they still keep playing there
0: well yeah because then they were splitting time between brooklyn and nassau at one point and then yeah whatever anyways um panic gets the nod and verona gets sat now i tweeted about this verona hasn't scored a goal in 11 games and if all you're going to do is score goals, you better score goals. Right. You know, I love Verona, but doesn't win a lot of puck battles is a bit of a liability on defense. Um, and I know Cap Stroder was like, why is Dylan in? But Verona's out, and you brought up a good point.
1: Yeah, they're they're different positions. <laughs> you're right. Like, okay, I get it. Dylan isn't perfect, but Dylan is also better than TVR and Siegenthaler. So, saying... Why is Verona out and Dylan in? Well, okay. Maybe if it was a lineup and everyone played the same position. Right. That would be a valid argument. But that would be like saying, you know, why did we, why is our running back in, but the backup quarterback is in? Right. Like, right. it's, it's, it's not even, they're not even both forwards. <laughs> Right. They, right, It's a very different position, and I know Dylan hasn't been great. He even was pretty much responsible for one goal specifically today. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I get where people are coming from, but Caps Twitter, come on.
0: Right. Be let's, smarter than that. Let's go. We're not Penguins fans here. Uh, this game was fucking boring to me, uh, and, and, you know, there weren't even chances. I think that everybody kind of was pacing themselves, uh, especially the caps who were just coming off and ass beating. So, you know, the first is pretty uneventful. The caps are really pacing themselves against the the devils who they know are, were, are subpar in comparison. Uh, but Lars Eller sets up uh JC halfway through uh, the second. That's a very nice berry there. Got to lo- love to see it. Um, yep. A few minutes later though, uh, Vitek Vanacek, man, and this is terrible. This sucks for for Vanacek because you know I'm kind of like in his corner. I think Sammy's done a really good job to prove himself lately, uh, and we'll talk about that in the next game, uh, which happened at 3 p.m. today on Sunday when we're recording. But Vanacek, his hugest detraction or detraction here on his game is that he coughs up rebounds, and this one was a, uh, it was a uh, he had to stretch a little bit, but it was he caught the shot in the middle of the pad. Uh, If he were to angle that, just, you know, bend his right knee a little bit, that would have gone into the boards.
1: Yeah. And I think Locker even like, was like, like specifically was like, this is because he left that juicy rebound.
0: And it was, I mean, he left it right into the slot and uh, McLeod buries it. It was a good play. Uh, Just pesky rebound control shots that haunt Vitek Manichek right now. And, you know... When he was getting a lot of starts, he was starting to really kind of rein that in. But being sat, you know, losing, quote unquote, which no fault of his own. I think that the organization just wants to see what Sammy can actually do, what he's worth coming up to trade deadline. Um, But then after that, it was a total battle of attrition. And it was weird because it wasn't a super physical game, which makes sense because the Caps had just come off a pretty uh, big tilt with – with the Islanders the night before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought that really it was just good defensive coverage both ways that created this kind of, uh, attrition. Now, no scoring until o- overtime. So the game goes to overtime, tied at 1-1. Uh, Vitek Vanacek, you know, redeems himself, so makes an unreal save. Yeah. And the puck goes the other way. And Orlov absolutely lasers a short side su- shot. Short side shot to the roof. Love to see it. Uh, very good. I mean, he didn't even think he scored. Yeah, he, he, saw he it gave a shrug. Like, yeah, dude. His facial, the the progression of his face <laughs> and then the expressions that he threw out yeah. were fucking classic. Love to see it. Uh, but, man, does that guy have a shot? Right. You know, you
1: know and, and back to VTech, I think there were like three or four times that the Devils should have won that game in overtime. Yeah. The reason that the Capitals won this game was because of Vitek Vanacek.
0: Yeah, and it was worrying because there were we were letting the Devils run into their offensive zone uncontested, yeah. really. Uh, and you saw guys pointing. And when you see that, that means nobody knows who they're supposed to cover. Right. Uh, and you see, and honestly, we just really got lucky because we did what any good hockey team who's confused will do is they just stack the slot and got a rebound and sprung Orlov the other way and he finishes it. So, you know, great. We've at this point taken seven of eight from the Devils and then we roll into today, Sunday, uh the fourth, Easter Sunday, and we pull off a 5-4 win. Now, I thought that this game, you know, we had it in hand and we let them crawl back in a little bit, yeah. The de- you know, no team in the in the NHL is trash, right? I mean, anybody can win at any given night. Um, the Caps had a lot of scoring. Ovi got his power play goal, awesome.
1: It was gritty too, though. You know, oh, yeah. it, it, was it wasn't front. from the office. You know, right. he he was fighting down low, um, and then you know, I think his touch pass touch pass to Ovi or to Oshi, yeah, which then was a beautiful goal, was sure. a nice assist, and then. That assist he had to Kuznetsov was nice. Mm, and, and Mint. We were, you know, so neither one of us got to watch the game, but right. we watched the condensed game together, and we, we were talking about how a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, two of the Capitals' goals came today because they got it underneath of a defenseman's stick, and it was probably just enough room for the puck. Right. And so I don't know if it was lucky that they didn't sauce the pass or if they meant to keep it on the ice. But, I mean, literal game of inches today. Sure. You know, Ovi's goal was crawling on the goal line, could have been swept away by the defenseman. The two goals that went under the sticks, you know, the the Caps won a gritty game of inches today.
0: Yeah, and they won on skill. Yeah you you like to see that. I mean, this is a game that we should win on skill. Against, grit. Uh,
1: it, it was a grit and skill combination.
0: Sure. Yeah, right. Not to detract from, from what you're saying as far as the grit goes, but like... Yeah, I know, mean, just like I feel instantly
1: like a... you were, you know, contradicting me.
0: <laughs> right. But I feel like they, <laughs> the... I, I chalk those those passes under the sticks up to skill, man. I mean, yeah. a little bit of luck, but you have to see that play first. Right. I mean, hockey IQ. Right. Right. And the Devils are a young team. Maybe they don't think that that pass goes through, but welcome to the NHL, right? Well, S- one of them was P.K. Subban, so
1: yeah. <laughs> you can't blame that one on inexperience and youth.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, the The big takeaway that I want to say about uh, this game was that, uh, you know, each of our goaltenders have kind of this weakness right and i think that uh Samsonov gives up the occasional leaky goal uh through a screen or uh not playing the angle correctly uh he he had one basically shot right through him today but man does he make up for it with the insane athletic athletic saves i mean in the first period i saw on twitter that we we were getting outshot like 17 to 5 or some fucking crazy number uh yeah that's not good. You don't generally win those games, but it's obvious that our backstop was playing uh, on his head. And <clears throat> then you have Vanachek, who may be a little bit less technically sound, but makes, uh, well, or maybe is a little bit more calm and technically sound in the net. But the one lack or the one detraction from his technical abilities is his rebound control. Which I think every young goaltender goes through, especially when you're in the NHL. Everybody can shoot hard. Everybody has a shot, you know. Um, And so kind of one and the same, but different aspects of it. And this is where I think Samsonov is showing where his ceiling is maybe a bit higher than Vanacek. He gets over for those insane uh, pipe-to-pipe glove saves, right? He gets over for that. He makes these insane athletic saves. He reads the play decently well. I think he's gotten a lot better at reading the play and being able to go over with such authority, you know, uh pipe to For pipe. Sure. Yeah. I don't I don't see that from Vanacek. I see Vanacek more as like a Ryan Miller esque, even more like a Holtby esque as far as lateral movement goes. Uh just trying to being very good at stopping that first uh first shot, but as lateral movement comes into play and pucks are, you know, being wired at lightning pace from one end of the ice, one side of the ice to the other, it's it's a little bit harder for him uh, and, you know, chalk that up to a little bit of physicality, but also the athletic ability of, of Samsonov. And, you know, I hate to say athleticism. I, I've never loved that trope about, well, oh, it's a very athletic goalie. Like, dude, all goalies are athletic. Yeah. They do the splits on the fucking ice. That's insane. All right. Uh, and a lot of the times when they say an athletic save, I translate that into, he was out of position and had to really scramble, Yeah, you know? Uh, yeah. So, but the ones that I saw today were not Sammy being out of position. It was Sammy playing great odds and reading the play well, and then trusting in his ability to stop the shot, even if it looked like it was down and out.
1: Yeah, I mean, most of New Jersey's goals today came from a position where they should have scored. Yeah. And then he made some saves on stuff where they still should have scored. So Right. I really don't think you know, at least 3 of the goals I wouldn't put on him. And he saved a couple more.
0: Yeah. And we've we've talked about this in the past. Um if If you want to play in D.C., you got to steal the net. I feel like Samsonov is making a good case to steal the net from VTech. Stealing it back. Yeah, taking it back.
1: Which kind of sucks, because, you know, like, Samsonov was, you know, our sweetheart, and VTech was there through the hard times. He was Mr. Reliable. Right. And now, because times are good again, you know, it's like, you know, you want to reward the guy who was there when it sucked. But then it's also like
0: uh, you want to give he, your team the best shot, right? You know, yeah. if he's
1: not the best, you can't reward him for the past. You know, it's like that's that's the best you're going to get. You're going to be here when we need you. That's no it. doubt, no doubt, no doubt.
0: Well, Caps fans, next week on the sixth, we have the New York Islanders at New York at seven p.m. Uh, on the eighth, two days later, versus Boston at home, short one game stand, and then. The next day, right into Buffalo, and then two days later on the 11th at Boston again. This is a tough – this is a – you know, the Caps, we knew, started the season with some cupcakes, lots of Buffalo games, um, some Jersey, you know, a little bit of Rangers sprinkled in. We had a a lot going on there uh, as far as the easy part of the schedule. It's grind time now, and the Caps are generally good at weathering the storm I think that they've bounced back well against New Jersey. They've won two games that they should have. Now they need to go in to next week and realize that this is payback on New York, uh, on the Islanders, and they're going to have a big challenge with Boston mixed in with a game that they need to win against Buffalo to keep that top spot. For sure, yeah. And the Caps are going to go 4-0. Dude, I'm going for it. Boston's down... New York's a payback game. You know they can't score eight goals again. Three and one. Three and one in regulation. All right. All right. All right. I'm typing it. I'm typing it in. Ah, Polly always the detractor. Always the detractor. Well, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in today. We love you. want to give you a little sneak preview. Uh, Thursday's episode, we're going to be joined by Richard Blosser. Uh, What a beauty that guy is. We're going to have him talk about the Hershey Bears, give you a little bit of a kind of mid-season or, well, yeah, mid-season for the AHL, probably at least, uh, update on the prospects, the guys that we've sent up and down, and just the overall performance of Hershey and maybe a little bit of talk about old Connor McMichael. He's looking good. Yeah, leading the, leading the Hershey Bears in, in goals. So, until Thursday, it's Hockey Troll. Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps True Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me,
1: Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram,
0: and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at CapsChirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.